Darlene. Just talk to me. Hi, Lydia. How are you? I'm pretty good. I had a great birthday. Um, I usually dread my birthday because as a child, I never, in the summer, everyone was gone and I didn't go to summer camp. So it was ignored. And now I feel like it's just so wonderful, all the love that I get from all of you guys out there in social media land. And all my friends, and my son called me, my sister called me. It was kind of a miracle. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And you know what? I just think I always tell everybody, I mean, I know it's a Hallmark holiday and we put way too much emphasis on birthdays, yeah. but you know what? I feel like it's your own personal Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, a birthday. I love it. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's yeah. just so much fun. And um, I don't know. It's a special day that God chose to bring each one of us into the world on that particular day at that particular time with those two particular people for whatever lessons are, are now we're going to learn. And I just think yeah. that when you think of it in that text, birthdays are fabulous. God, and right. the longer that you get to live, I mean, I was one of those people that I don't know when I was in my teens, I thought 40 was like ancient. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Like, like 40 is dead when I'm like a teenager. Right. Right. Now, now I'm kind of like, Hey, the 60s, the new 40 and it's all cool. <laughs> it's like 60s the new 40, 80s, the new 60, hundreds, the new 80. And, and you know what? what? And the longer you live, the more lessons you learn and the better they get and the better life becomes. And I know that sounds hokey, but for me, it's been true. It's been true. Oh my God. I'm so much happier than I ever was before. When I was young, I was so yep. in turmoil every day of my life. Well, you and I come from, you know, whatever traumatic backgrounds. Yep. No one knows my true story yet. I'm coming, I'm writing a book about it, but I, I, I seem to spin everything into funny. Everything in my life turned out funny once I got sober and started waking up, but it isn't really funny. It's the way I spin it. And actually that's keeping me younger. I was, I was, you know, kvetching on Facebook about how I'm finally ready to accept my true age. I've been lying about it for years. <laughs> I tried really hard to keep changing it in Wikipedia. About 10 years ago, I had a stalker. It was less than 10 years ago. And everyone on Facebook who remembers the stalker, they know. He would go on Wikipedia and change my age, and then he would put things out in the media that were really horrifying, really weird stuff, my home address. Mm. Wow. But as the, he tried to change the age, and I kept changing it back to a lower age. And then finally Wikipedia caught on, and they said, uh-uh, we got your birth certificate. <laughs> so I had to stop lying. And then IMDb starts coming out with celebrity ages, and there's no avoiding it. But, but you know what? This is, this is the really cool thing. I think... I, I don't care if you're a man, a woman, I don't care. I think everybody has anxiety as you age. You know, you watch your body change. You watch um, your physical health possibly decline. I mean, there's so many things that happen, but, you know, I think everybody takes it to the nth degree, but here's a great story. This is hysterically funny. So last year I went to my class reunion. And the reason I remember it is because I just had a class reunion. Now, I went back and the same girl was there, right? So last, last time we had it five years ago, I'm sorry, not last year, five years ago, you know, we're five years younger. She walks in, we graduated and I'm not going to tell you when, cause that will really date me. But anyway, she walks in with this guy and I mean, like GQ and I'm going, wow. Like he's like 20 some years younger than her. Right. Oh yeah. Going, huh. Wonder how that's working out. Right. She was my friend in high school. Love her, love her this very minute. 
And so they sat with me and we're talking and we're laughing and we're having fun. Now it comes time to go eat and it's like a um, buffet line. So we go, we all go to the buffet line. He comes back with me. She stays and talks to people. We're sitting at the table eating and I'm saying, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, how, I didn't say like, how old are you? But I really wanted to know, right? <laughs> Finally, he looked at me and he goes, you know what? You're way too nice. I can't do this. And I was like, you can't do what? He goes, I'm actually her son-in-law. <laughs> she brought oh to the reunion because she wanted to feel younger. I'm like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. So, oh so this year, this year she came back and everybody was like laughing and going, oh, where's your date? Where's your son-in-law? And she goes, can you guys not get over it and just eat the crappy green bean? Could you do that? <laughs> like, oh my God, that's but you know what? We all do. We all do simple things. I don't know why, but we do, you know, I'm, like I'm, right now I'm looking at myself in this thing and I'm going, oh, you wait, this is pool hair. I literally got out of the pool, you guys. Right, that's like, what minutes ago. But Darlene, in my industry as an actress, imagine this. Okay. I get a hit series in my early twenties. I had to lie about my age back then because I wasn't 18. I was 26 when I got the show. I had to play an 18-year-old, and everyone thought, you're really young. And I, I kept trying to change my driver's license to be younger, even back then. Wow. Because in our industry, do you know that they throw actresses away? Or back in the 80s, when I was coming up in, in this industry, they told us that at 35, you're over the hill. Unless you have become a superstar at that point, and you can go on to become a character actress. Meryl mm -hmm. Streep. Um, Glenn Close, a lot of women are character actors and they don't have to be the sex symbol. Like I was labeled a sex symbol and it was a label that I couldn't overcome that easily without doing what Farrah Fawcett did. She did a burning bed. Uh, she did a Extremities on Broadway where she became a rape victim and looked really hideous and tried to look battered and abused. Or Charlize Theron gained 100 pounds to play the serial killer and won an Oscar for that. But you have to become, those are sex symbols that tried to undo the damage of having to be pretty your whole life. But once you're labeled a sex symbol or a beauty, the industry throws you away at the age of 35. I remember a casting director said to me, wow, you look good, you're 37? We don't cast any actress that old anymore, but you look great, you're holding up pretty well. Wow. And I went, thanks, thanks Ruben. It was a really famous casting director and Nowadays, of course, women are allowed to age and we're getting, uh, you know, it's a little bit different and I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of lying and faking and, and pretending because the truth is we are all vital, valuable human beings. Correct. And That's so many women correct. need to be told that it's not how you look really at all anymore. It, we have to learn to value ourselves for something, for what's inside. I know that sounds cliche, but you know. You can look your best, but you can't go overboard. The industry has made us into, the advertising industry has made us all feel freak, freakish if we're not bone thin with huge boobs and tiny waistlines and embryonic skin. We look like embryos. I, mean, I, I think that creates a real problem in our real world. Yeah. Because, because you know what, what we're seeing in magazines, what we're seeing on TV is not real. It's not the real deal. And sometimes when you see, like, you know, I don't even know who, I, I don't even know who to use because I don't want to, I don't want to call anybody out, but you know, <clears throat> like looking at People Magazine, when you <laughs> see somebody that's been made up yeah. and at the Oscars or something like that, absolutely. Botox. Gorgeous. 
yeah absolutely gorgeous but then when you see them out to get their morning cup of coffee when somebody snaps their pictures and they're straight out of bed yeah it's like are they the same person for real oh you know? i know i know but sure, here's, the, here's the cool part about that none of us look the same when we wake up in the morning as okay. to when we go out in the evening it, everybody changes everybody puts on some kind of face right and yeah. i really think that as we get older that it's like peeling an onion, like God starts stripping some of that vanity and ego away from us because what's here, what's in your heart, that's what counts. It's what's the inside, not the outside. Oh my God. Outside is going to fade. It's going to fade and I don't care who you are. And when you're 16, 17 years old, you don't really think about that. But as you're going through the years, it becomes inevitable. But think about it. Okay, I stopped doing Botox three or four years ago before the pandemic because it was like you, it was something we all did, a lot mm -hmm. of us in, in showbiz. But um, it's interesting if you think about the advertising industry. It grew up around TV shows. The only reason television existed was to create ads. And they figured, well, we've got to entertain people while they watch an ad. So they created TV shows and they put the ads in between. But the advertising teaches you, we, it's, it's selling this myth that you have to have super white teeth to be normal. White teeth are not normal. Ivory is the color of teeth, bone. But they want you to bleach your teeth now and they want you to wear these deodorants and you, any normalcy about a human being is like, it's abnormal now. You have to have all these products to look good and be thin. The thin industry made a fortune on making you feel insecure, thin and insecure, making women feel insane. And it's all to create money for the advertising industry to create more products, to create more wealth, for certain well, I'll tell you what, like I see people now and, and I just saw her the other night. Well, I don't know how long ago it's been because I don't know how things are pre-taped, but yeah. I saw Lizzo doing Saturday Night Live. Yeah. What a joy that was to watch that show. I love Lizzo. Yeah. She was funny. She, she spoke truth. And I mean, she was just, you know, like her mother was there and I just remember what she said something about my mom. My mom likes me now that I make all this money or something. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was just really cute. And I just thought, now that is somebody that our younger girls can look at and say, she's bringing it. She's exactly. bringing who she is, right? And I love when J-Lo brought the big butt back. You know? I'm not saying be, be unhealthy. That's no, not what I'm saying. If it starts no. affecting your health, then, you know, you really need to do something about that. But if that's how God made you, and I do believe that, I believe that there's natural body types that you're not going to change. It's no. and it is what it is. Think yeah. about Samoan. The Samoan people are built a certain way. Imagine if they have to compete with our culture, which demands you to be thin and tall and lean and it's svelte and all this. It's an advertising myth. But Samoan people can, you know, honestly, people that can carry, that live in the tropics, mm -hmm. have different body types, and they live outdoors more and they pick fruit and they carry things on their head. You've got to be built for strength. Built differently. Built like a little wimpy, you know, waif-like person up in, I don't want to That's put correct. the country down. But, in the but North, you know, I think, I think all of this, you know what, Lydia, when we talk about these things and we bring them out and I like bringing these kind of things out for women and men to hear about yeah. because we're all insecure. We all have fears that we live with. A lot of times that type of thing really, um, I should say a lot of times for me, those types of fears ran my life. Me too. What, it, what a sad life I had. I look back on my 20s and I think to myself, you know, like I said to you, I just went to a class reunion 
And one of the gentlemen that was there, Jack, good, good friend of mine for all types of years. I mean, just forever. And he said to me, could never figure out why you got married so young. I was married at 20. Oh, wow. And you know what? I thought about that because it was profound and it was the fear. It was the fear of not knowing what to do after high school, the fear of not knowing what to do in college, the fear of the fear of the fear of the fear of so many things. Like what's my life going to be like? If I don't get married now, I'll never get married. All of those fears. And, you know, I look back on that now and I think that's family of origin stuff. Yeah, totally. How we're raised and God does, we are a daughter of a King. We are daughter, daughters and sons of a King. We have no reason to have fear. I mean, I don't know. I got to, I got to think that if Queen Elizabeth was my grandmother, I really wouldn't fear a whole lot. <laughs> so if God is my, my, my father, yeah. what am I afraid of? The King is my dad. Right. So I, I look at it like we're love. We're made from love. Mm-hmm. If, 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 you know, I use the word God as love and we are the, the offspring of love, divine love. Yes. All the absolutely. beauty in the universe, all the creativity and beauty. We are it. You're right. And you know what I really love is your definition, my definition. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to think of something else I've heard recently and it's just eluding me right now. But all of those things basically lead you back to the same exact point, the same exact point of the love, um, of faith, of childlike faith. I mean, it is just so interesting. And when I have, oh, I, I got to tell you this. So when I have God shots, right? And that's what our show's title, God oh, shots. Yeah, yeah. God shots. So when we have God shots, all of us get them. It's a matter of now in my life, I'm much more tuned to that. And it's it's almost like, you know, you can go through your day and never hear the birds sing ever and not even think about it until you relax a little bit and you're taking a walk and you're like, wow, there's a lot of birds and I'm seeing a lot of birds. I'm hearing a lot, right? And I so that's kind of how these God shots are. Well, I had this really, I've had some profound ones, which are pretty crazy. But the one I just had the other day was um, I got on the back of a motorcycle. I love riding motorcycles. Absolutely love riding. It's just, it's just my deal. It's what I like to do. Yeah. So it was 90 degrees on Saturday. It was a beautiful day. It was supposed to be 90 all day, sunny, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, well, I can do this, this, and this, and go exchange some things and go have a nice little lunch and let's take a ride. Right. And we're about halfway through getting to this restaurant and I'm looking off to my left and it's turning pitch black and I'm going, well, that doesn't look real good. Right. Cause that's one thing I don't like is to ride in the rain or to yeah. get wet because the roads get dangerous. It's just not a good thing. Right. Yeah. And um, so the storm's coming and all of a sudden we go into this area where I had never been. And the guy that was driving the bike had gone to his aunt's house. He hadn't seen, it was like his mother's brother's wife. So elderly, she was like 80. And he hadn't seen her in 10 years. And we went into this neighborhood and she lived in a cul-de-sac. So now it's it's widows that are kind of living there. So people are coming outside to see who the couple is on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> the younger, the youngsters. Yeah, the youngsters on the motorcycle. So they come out, we end up seeing her. I'm inside of her house and you know we're sitting in this little den. I'm looking out the window and it's pitch black. I'm looking at the phone that's laying on the, the coffee table. And all I saw was green, red, and yellow bands for the weather of the storm that's moving through. And I'm sitting there to myself and I'm going, we're getting caught in the storm. Like we're going to get caught in the storm. And I heard a voice and she had this elderly dog that was laying on this carpet. And I hear this voice say, you won't get wet. 
-hmm. And I hear this voice and I look at her and I look at him and I'm thinking, did I just really hear that? And I'm looking out the window and it's lightning and thundering. I'm looking at the phone and they, okay. And so I go over and I start messing with the dog. And she said, I just did it because I was so nervous because I heard this voice. But when I sat back down, the voice finished and the voice said, you're doing my will. You won't get wet. And so we were only there like 20 minutes and that band of rain looked like it was like two hours long. Right. So when we walked out of the house, the motorcycle's wet. She gives us a towel. We dry it all off. It's gray and gloomy and doomy and all that kind of stuff, but not a raindrop fell. So we made it to the restaurant, ate, came out of the restaurant, still gloomy, doomy, but not a raindrop's falling. And he asked me when we were reading, he goes, are you preoccupied with something? Well, I was because I wanted to tell him what I heard, but he doesn't really believe the way I believe. And so yeah. I didn't want to sound crazy. Like I'm yeah. like schizophrenic in here. I hear a voice. Yeah. <laughs> I hear voices. Yeah. So, I don't say anything. I said, I'll tell you when we get back home. So as we're coming down the the home stretch to get home, I'm saying prayers as I'm riding on the back of this bike and thanking the universe, thanking God for not letting it rain on me. Right. And the sun peeked out from behind these clouds. And I just started laughing because it was almost like saying to me, ye of little faith, I told you, you weren't going to get wet. Right. So we get to his house and I get off the bike and I'm getting ready to get my car. He goes, were you going to tell me something? I said, oh yeah. So I told him the story and he goes, did you wait until we got here just to make sure you didn't get wet? And I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the truth. So yeah. you know, even when we get these God shots, it's like, we step back and we're like, is that really what's happening? It, can I tell somebody this? Am I being oh, crazy? I you know, but the longer I stay alive and the more I do this type of thing, yeah. it's like daily. I love that. I live for that. It's just so cool. I had so many of those. Okay, I call a God shot an uncanny glimpse of uncanny moment of synchronicity that is so, so startling and shockingly beautiful and magical that Mm -hmm. you have to wonder, there's something going on here. This can't just be a random coincidence. That I mean, I that you can also call them that. You can also call them just glimmers of hope and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and something that lifts your spirits in the middle of the darkest moment of your life or a rescue, a light at the end of a tunnel. I've had so many of these and you've had them too. And, and they're, they're like, and also a gotcha can just be a beauty of nature, something stunningly beautiful that comes into your viewpoint. But for me, they're coincidences. And I, had so, and I only have them when I'm completely surrendered to the moment and I'm looking for them and I'm willing to believe in something bigger than myself. Exactly. I'm so ego-centered to believe that I'm, you know, my little petty, primitive reptilian brain is concocting all the most incredible thoughts in the universe. And I'm not thinking, I mean, they say in, in, in the 12 step program, if you don't believe in a power greater than yourself, go to the ocean and try to stop the waves. You know, right. there, is, there is a universe of love that is re- willing to pick us up. If we'll just stop fighting and doubting all yeah. our doubts, arrest, goods work through us. Love's work through us. God's work through us. That's so, true. um, And you know what, the reason I like to share these kind of things on this podcast is because I know that I'm not unique. I know that if this kind of stuff is happening to me, it happens to others that may not have a channel or an outlet to talk about it. And 
I want to hear about it. I want you to write us. I want you to tell us your God shots. I want to put those into a book. I want to create. Yeah, something. we want to collect everyone's God shots. Yeah, absolutely. Synchronicity that's kind of random and weird. And you go, wait a minute, what? And, and, you know, a woman, Carolyn Mace, M-Y-S-S. She's a healer. She's not a Christian uh, Bible-based healer, but she's very mystical and very like I know, I know her. Yeah, any any avenue you want, Buddhism, Taoism, I love all of it. Mm -hmm. um, we all there's one source of love in the universe. I call it God and love. I call God love, the power of the force of love. But right. to me, the word God is more easy. It's more beautiful. But a lot of people have a fear in punishing God in their lives, and they don't like the word. But so what? I did. I did. I, I was raised with that. I mean, I was raised in a family, grandparents, parents, that they were always saying, Bush is going to get you. Bush is <laughs> Russian, by the way. And because that's what my family spoke. And I just thought I was scared. I was always scared. And so, you know what? That was discouraging because when I hit those teenage years and, you know, you, everybody, every teenager, I don't care who they are, starts spreading their wings, right? Yeah. You want to try this you want to push the limits if the curfew's 10 you come in at 1005 you know you want to do oh, those kind of things making out <laughs> yeah but seriously you know kissing a boy i mean when i look back on it now i wish i wouldn't have done any of those things because rules have been in place to protect us not to hurt us and i hurt myself because i broke the rules i didn't hurt anybody else just me right uh, yeah but but the thing is you know there was some place i was going with us oh at a very young age i thought I, I have been defiant since I was 13 years old and I'm like 15 now. Right. And I'm like, it's over. Why worry about it? I, I he's going to get me. That's all I thought. He's going to get me. And it took he, me the Bruja, the Bruja is going to get you God. Basically God. God's going to get you. Horrible. That kind of God, you, they believe in that kind of God. Well, that's how I was raised. And so that's probably how they were raised. So it's family of origin stuff once again, but it took me getting sober it took me reading like, like Carolyn Miss, what you're talking about and Wayne Dyer and Wayne Dyer. Chopra and different people just trying on different things for size and seeing what worked for me and what felt right and what made me comfortable. And I've came to understand as you, Lydia, all of these things work in conjunction with one another and there is no one right way. No, that, that would be, that would be very egotistical to act like that. Well, this is the only way that's not the only way. God has multiple ways for multiple people. Um, we're all unique. And, and guess so, what? It's inside us all, inside you. Now, yeah. after I got sober, that's where I found my spiritual awakening. I, I had a catastrophic spiritual awakening at the point of death, at the point of almost a suicidal breakdown. I was a radioactive drunk. I, I almost dropped my baby down the stairs in a blackout. I went through hardship for years. And in one moment, I had that catastrophic spiritual awakening. When I say catastrophic, I mean everything was on the edge of ending. My life was about to end. And I woke up and someone, it was like, there is a power greater than myself that lifted me out of the pit of despair in one minute. I can't tell you enough how magical this was. And I, for years, I talked about it. And every time I go away from it a little, I forget. I go, wait a minute, you had this, this awakening use it on a daily basis it's this simple simple tool but it turns out it's inside us and then i went back and read the kingdom of heaven is within you that yes. sounded biblical to me and i'm not a, a biblical expert at all but i started reading everything i could in the spiritual realm 
Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Emmett Fox, um, Carolyn Mace, um, who's the famous one who wrote Florence Scovel Shin, The Game of Life and How to Play It, all these great thinkers, Agape, Church of Religious Science, mm -hmm. Science of Mind. Um, every church has something to offer, every religion. Absolutely. In the Absolutely. Tao, T-A-O, Tao, mm -hmm. um, there's a great number 22. It says, once you've attained wholeness, everything will flock to you. And I realized awesome. wholeness, when you integrate your, your outsides with your insides, they merge. And when your deepest beliefs start to be loving, kind to yourself first, absolutely you inside with the outside and you attain wholeness. And it's like a lifelong journey, but it's really a fun trip. Yes. And I just want to add one thing. You mentioned the voice you heard. I also had a voice that I heard once. It, it happened in the bathroom. Twice in my life in the bathroom, I heard a loud voice. And I'm like, once in college, and I know we were all stoners in college and we were, do, we were doing drugs, but I wasn't on drugs that day. And I was <laughs> like in the bathroom in Colorado up near the Coors factory in this hillside place where they filmed the Woody Allen. That's beautiful movie. up there. Yes. Beautiful. Golden Colorado. And I went in my boyfriend's bathroom and I look in the mirror and I looked at myself and I heard a voice say, one day you're going to be a teacher. And I went, oh, I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be an actress. Or, you know, and I was like fighting it. I heard a voice. Years later, when I was at my wit's end, I heard a voice in the bathroom say, submit. And I went, submit? Where'd that voice come from? It was freaky. Yeah. And yeah. I think it meant submit my book. Oh, yeah, submit my book to publishers. And then I realized it meant, meant maybe submit. Stop. Yeah, because you know what, when you're writing books like this, Lydia, just like you said, they were tools that helped you learn. They were teaching yeah. aids for you. So what you're creating is a teaching aid. So yeah, I want people heard, to get what I got so badly. Yeah. I want them to stop resisting the spiritual aspect. There's a lot of people who hate the word God. Yeah, but, there is, but you know what, there is no, they, we, are, we are beings that are made spiritual, physical, mental, oh, emotional. Yeah. You, I mean, it, we have all of those characteristics and you have to have them all in balance or else you're out of balance. Yes. And, I mean, and I know that because I spent a lot of years out of, out of balance, chasing, chasing, chasing things when all I had to do, and I never knew this until recently. Are you ready for this? I just learned it and I'm so excited. So I'm going to teach it to everybody. So that passage in Isaiah that says, be still mm -hmm. and know that I'm glad, be still. Do you know that in the original language, that meant let go? Oh, I love it. Let go. Let go, let go let of the go. worry. Let go yeah. of worry. Let, let go of worries. how we think it should. Let go of the outcome. Don't yeah. have expectations. We can. Okay. So the Bible says this. You can create your plans, but I'll direct your path. That's the same thing. We can have our plans, but just loosely hold on to it. Oh, because it may change and it's going to be better, right? My favorite. Yeah. So where the world is a loose garment. Exactly. Where the exactly. world is a loose garment. Don't let anything affect you too much. And you know, I don't know that I don't know that you know this. I don't know that I've talked about this before on the show, but for whatever reason, it's coming up in my spirit tonight. And maybe there is somebody on this show that's listening that needs to know this. But I came from a family that didn't know how to express love. So with that being said, they, they weren't taught it. You know, I'm not blaming anybody at this point. It's just like, they didn't know how to express that. 
All of my life, I was searching for love. Where was I searching for love? I was searching for love in a man because I thought that's where you would find it. Like I would find love in a man. In my 20s, in all of my 20s, and I look at people that are 20 years old now and I think that's the best time of your life. That's when you're learning things. That's when you're free to do things. That's when you're not tied down yet. You have so many opportunities. The world's your oyster. Pick your pearl. What do you want to do, right? When you're in your 20s. Don't be like me and be afraid and get involved with the first man that comes along because you think he loves you because I ended up in an abusive relationship. Oh, and I had at the end of my 20s at 28 years old, I had three children under the age of six, an abusive husband that went to jail on a felony and I was in critical care. That doesn't end well. I didn't know this whole thing. Mm -mm. Yeah, very abused. And even after that relationship ended, thought, finally, I'm free. And you know what I was free to do? I was free to repeat the same mistake because I hadn't learned the lesson. lesson. And folks, if you're listening to me and you've been an abused woman or you're in a relationship that is abusive, you need to just be still, let go and let, let the higher power drive, you know, take, it's a magic carpet ride. It is when a magic get, carpet. It's it magic. I'm not kidding. I, I feel like, yeah, you, you do. but when you, when you do what I did and you keep trying to say, okay, well, I have to marry this guy. Cause it's going to be the only person that's ever going to love me in my life. And you, I mean, I just totally trashed everything for myself. Right. And I'm to the point now where it's like, I look at life and now I don't need somebody in my life. If, if somebody's in my life, they're there because I want them there because they, they bring me like Lydia doing the show with you. I mean, it brings me joy. brings me happiness to talk yeah. to people, to talk to you, to hopefully give somebody that was never given something that was never given to me yeah. to help you open up and think, well, maybe there is something else because there is nobody more normal than a woman from Weirton, West Virginia. <laughs> no, no, no big, no big you know, here. You married young and had three children, and I wish I'd started having children sooner and I had more children because I I love my kids. Oh, the best I thing them. I ever did was have my son, and I go, why didn't I do it sooner? My mother always said, never have children. Of course, God bless my mother. I love her, and we went through a huge lifetime of forgiveness, of torture, of toxic, of hell. She was borderline, and I never knew what it was. It was bipolar, borderline. She just didn't like me. And finally, we had this great forgiveness at the end of her life, a few years before the end, but she tried so hard to get back on my good side for years, and I was not allowing it until I got sober, and I had an amazing miracle happen that was so mind-boggling that I go, oh my God, there's something putting things together again. Yes. Beyond always power. Right. There always is the universe, the God of love, that you that you describe universe that's that's what's wanted is love now let me tell you another god shot i know that there was at least one woman that listened to this podcast previously when i talked about the estrangement that i have with my oldest child yes she had she had written in and said some things and let me let me take that a little bit further tonight for viewers so i have a son um he is an attorney he he's he's a beautiful boy he has a wife he has three children he has a beautiful family and for some reason, unbeknownst to me, 
the adults quit talking to me since almost this time last year. I have not spoken to my son, my daughter-in-law or, or my three grandkids because I'm blocked from their phones, which is just breaks my heart, but I've had to let that go. Right. And so, but I've never, I've never quit praying about it. I've never quit praying about it and not for myself to have them back in my life, but for them to be safe, for them to understand the love that I do hold for them, that they may not see it. I really do. And I prayed for their well-being and their happiness and that someday we could be reunited. Now, this is a crazy story. So last Sunday, and Lydia, I think I shared this with you. I received a phone call that went to voicemail and I didn't know the number. And when I listened to it, it was a woman from my church that I know vaguely. I mean, not a friend of mine or anything like that, but she told me that she got my number from a friend of a friend and hoped that I didn't mind that she needed to speak with me. Okay. So I call her up and she goes, I was in church praying and she goes, and I was sitting there quietly. And she goes, I felt somebody put their hand on my shoulder and I turned around to see who was there and nobody was there. And she goes, but the next thing that happened was very clear that I was supposed to give you a message. And she goes, this is the message that this brokenness between your son and you can only be healed by the angels. And you need to pray to Mary to ask your guardian angel and your son's guardian angel to come together in the realms of the spirit, because that's where this needs healed, not earthly, but spiritually, right? Yeah. And I've been praying that. And do you know that happened last Sunday? There's a slight crack because <gasps> my, my youngest son told me that there is some movement in the direction of us starting to reconcile. Oh, honey. Oh, my God. And I am just like so happy. But you know what? My, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to ask for. Something. This woman came out of nowhere to tell you yes. this. Yeah, to, to give me a message that, that she had received when she was in prayer to give to me. And she didn't even know me. She doesn't even know you. And she said she felt a tap on her. Those are things I can't. Now, I'm not a, a Catholic or a churchgoer like that. But I, I, I believe in everything now. Because it's however we hear the message the clearest. However, it will speak to us, either inside through an inspiration or through an external vision. Mm -hmm. Everyone has speak. Everyone is spoken to differently by the spirit of the universe. And you know what? Let me let me make Should this clear for our viewers because I want you to understand this. I am. Um, Catholicism is how I've been since I was 24 years old. Like I was born and raised Methodist, got into Catholicism at 24, and people say, "Oh, you know, you're such a believer in the faith." Well, that's not necessarily true. But what I will tell you is, I like to go to the church a lot only because of this reason. It's very quiet. It's yeah. very cool. It's very peace. I mean, cool, like the temperature's cool. Yeah. It's peaceful and absolutely nobody will look for me there. <laughs> I could just go there and it's like something beautiful about historic arc ancient churches. I do love the monasteries. There's a monastery in Malibu overlooking this, the ocean and Mel Gibson's mm -hmm. house. And a bunch of like, and it's with Bougainvillea, and we have 12-step meetings up there in the sunshine and we talk oh, nice. we use the f word and we kvetch but it's the only place in the world you can be in malibu the most beautiful place in the world looking over the ocean and you hear people complaining and whining about their life that's what our 12-step our you know program is is that we complain and we bitch and we whine and then we heal by and sharing we, our strength. we share it. our pain we cut it in half we share our joy we double it that's it. Oh my God, what a beautiful story. Yeah. What a beautiful. 
Yeah, so I, I have absolute for, for whoever's listening that has strained relationships with your children, your grandchildren, your significant other, whatever. I have absolute faith. And I've started digging because once I get something weird like that, like pray about your guardian angels, I have never thought about that in my lifetime, right? Yeah. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? And I started digging into that. I didn't realize that truly we have a guardian angel assigned to us. And it's like, well, that makes sense. Something's kept me safe a few times. I mean, literally. I wonder, and, uh, sometimes I wonder about that because I, I remember going on an icy road once and a, tr- a semi truck was coming at me on a hairpin turn. And I just went, help me. And I went under the truck. I don't know how I got around the truck. We were fine, both of us. We didn't kill, die. And I know something lifted me out of that way of that truck. That, well, and when you start reading about angels, that's the kind of stuff you read about. I mean, people do write about it. They have experiences. And um, Billy Graham wrote a whole book on angels. And and when I was reading it, I was like, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't have much interest in it, but now I sure do. Especially, especially if that is the part that brings my son and I back together. Well, then, amen. Oh, I mean, that's God. all I can say to that, you know? Any beautiful prayer like that would, it, to me, prayer is the invisible transfer of love to another. And when I hold, I don't pray begging some anthropomorphic being in the sky with a long white beard. I don't believe in that kind of a God. I believe it's within us, that we're all created in it, that we are swimming in it, in this abundant, infinite love. And that it's our birthright and that angels to me are the thoughts that come the inspira- inspirational thoughts mm-hmm. that save me that come or that actually are magic and rescue me because i can't explain half of it so i don't know much about this but i do i've had too many bizarre experiences to ever negate it and near-death experiences that i've heard from dear friends who were atheists before and atheist the word theist is interesting because I'm not really a believer in religion or in theocracy because every religion has a different point of view there are 43,000 different versions right. of Christianity so we can't all agree on the style over the substance the yeah, substance exactly. is the core internal love it's love love is the healer love is the balm in Gilead and I have a cop friend in the 12-step program he died of natural causes a couple years ago, but he was such a curmudgeon and a grub. And he used to say, Lydia, I don't believe in God, but I don't know why I'm sober for 39 years. It must be this amazing program of storytelling where we share our stories every day. And I went, well, that could be it. That's what I call God is simply love. And he said, he told the story of how his, he busted a Coke dealer in a back alley of LA 37 years earlier. And the Coke dealer went to prison got out of prison and became a pinnacle of society and then became the cop sponsor in AA. That is so cool. And the cop was sponsored by a Coke dealer and the cop also was best friends with a nun and a priest who didn't find God in church. They found God in That's AA. right. That's right. And the cop was best friends with a nun, a priest, and a Coke dealer and still didn't believe in God. He said, I'm an atheist for life, but I still think something changed my life in these rooms. So whatever he wanted to believe, that's right. Well, you know, you know, I found so funny. It's you're talking about this. And, and I say that all the time. I mean, the people that have helped me the most have been prostitutes, drug dealers, people that didn't have a home that lived under a bridge, literally. Yeah. In my journey, they have helped me the most and taught me the most about spiritual things. And, and I mean, it's just amazing. This is a, this is funny. I mean, this is just a funny little story because I want everybody to laugh for a minute, but 
So when I was at that woman's house on Saturday and they were talking about um, her late husband and that type of thing, one of the funniest things, because, you know, like every family has characteristics or traits or genetics or something that belongs to them, right? Is it alcoholism? Is it road rage? What, you know, what is it that belongs to you from your family, cancer diagnosis, whatever? Well, in their family, it was road rage, like certain people and families would just rage and that, and, and they did it in a way that it was like, no matter man, woman, kid, didn't matter. It was just, <laughs> you were driving in the wrong lane or you didn't turn the turn signal on. Like they, like they were one of those people that could have pulled a gun out and just like been like really, you know, angry. Oh, and wow. she said the funniest thing with her husband one time, what he did was there was this car in front of them and he's trying to pass. And when he would try to pass, it would kind of come over the, you know, the line. So you couldn't get around it and it drift back. And, and he's thinking that, you know, like he's got a bunch of drunks in front of him or something like that. And it's really messing up his time. And he's getting madder and madder, more road rage. So finally he gets to a point where he can pull up right up to the car and he's ready to flip him off and scream and yell. And he turned around and it's a car full of nuns. Oh my God. I love and it. And oh, I, love I said, what did he do? She goes, he just went like this. I cracked up. I couldn't stand it. I'm like, I've never seen that. He just said, they're going like this to this group of nuns and drove away at like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> that so, is hilarious. And I said, and she goes, I found it funny because he wasn't able to do to them what he would have done to other people in the car. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's, that's the best sense of humor, the best sense of humor in the world. Laughter is like effervescent yes. joy. I, I've laughed out loud in the middle of the most tragic stories in those rooms where you hear each other's stories. And you're like crying one minute and you're laughing the next. It's the best show in town because we're, it is. all the human condition is messy. It's, 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 demo, it's a democratic society there where there's no leaders, no authoritarian rules, but Correct. just a beautiful way of helping each other through our own experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, what, that's, absolutely. that's what the best church should be, really. And it should be, and it should be. And I hope that, you know, and that's one of the reasons why this particular podcast is so important to me. Yeah. I believe, this is just my belief in the depths of my heart, that we need to speak about God, the higher power, the divine universe, the love, the good orderly direction. Good any orderly direction. G-O-D. Any, any of those, um, you know, any Acronym. of those acronyms that you want to use for this, but it needs to get out there. People needs to need to know that this exists. Like we have a whole group of like, especially my sons, I have three boys, all of them are yeah. like, we'd rather not go to church. What a bunch of hypocrites that is. Because they're in church going, yeah, we believe, we pray, we pray. And then they'll cut you <coughs> off the road or they'll flip you off or they're yeah. all drunk one night or they're having sex with somebody else's wife. And my kids are like, that's, that's not, that's not teaching us anything. That's just being oh. hypocritical. And oh, we don't yeah. want, we don't want anything to do with that. But something like this, where they can actually hear, there are God shots. There, there are miracles. It is fun. It can be funny. And it's and you also- don't have to use perfect language. You can be a little- Look, I like to talk about my true, embarrassing, gut-wrenching humiliations where I was an asshole. And believe it or not, that humbles me enough to become more compassionate toward others. Every hardship I've been through has softened me and my arrogance. You know, it's interesting. I remember growing up with a mother that I called her a narcissist, but the truth is Mm -hmm. I was trying so hard not to be like her that I undid all that damage she ever 
the stuff that she was like, I went, I'm going to be attentive to my kids. I'm going to undo the story. You know, I'm going to interrupt that story. You Whereas can. a lot of people go through abusive childhoods and they become the abuser as well. And you also interrupted your story. You became a better human being. And then I forgave my mother because I saw that she'd been abused as a child and that her mother, and there's a whole chain of people. It is. It's generational. They hurt each other. And it wasn't because they knew what they were doing. They were young mothers with, with, with no means. They were right. in hardship and they were confused and they were battered and, you know, right. so much and we don't so, know about other people's lives. And it's generational. And so this platform, I do hope that for whoever's listening in on Facebook Live, and this is kind of new to me. Yeah. And I know, I know Lydia is the mastermind behind the technology piece of this. And I oh, just, yeah. I show, I show up when I get the phone call and saying, aren't I you coming? I can't mic to work. Huh? And oh, so. Mike's working. Anyway. But, but, you know, so it's really cool. And however you can support us out there by sending your Godshot stories or, or liking us or whatever it is, you know. Um, because yeah, send I, us your okay. stories. Send Absolutely. Us and that yeah, way we can talk about it and have more God shots and, and nothing is off the table here because, you know, I, I feel like every, everything that was my misery has turned into my ministry. And when I say ministry, I mean like this, like yeah. helping people and showing them you're not alone. If you're being abused, you're not alone. Reach out. I'll talk to you. If you've had problems with drugs and drinking, reach out to Lydia and I, we can talk to you. It's like, we can talk on the show about it. it this is real life stuff. This is the real deal. This, this isn't glamorous made up. Like let's figure out what we can talk about. This just flows naturally because it is not really, and, it, and it's God given. So that's how it works. Know, I really do believe that, um, that the old, I, I come to this conclusion after I wrote my book and then I rewrote the book this year because it got deeper because I discovered my great grandmother's stories. And she, she was the first vice detective cop in the wild west. In 1925, she was the only female police officer and 50 men, and she rescued prostitutes, bailed them out of jail, took them home and fed them, and moved their children into the one that was in jail for a while. There was one major town prostitute in El Paso, and she, adopted, she took their kids home and put them in the house with my mother. My mother had these children living with her for a couple of years. She became really friendly with them, and then they left because the woman was out of jail. And I just started realizing that I was very, very superficial and very hung up on how I looked and how I was going to marry the right guy and have a perfect life. And my life took a lot of meandering curves, a lot of detours, but everything, every turn I took ended up being the perfect place to be. If yeah. I take one wrong turn, I didn't lose. I sold my home for a huge loss, like an idiot. But if I hadn't sold that house, I wouldn't have met the father of my child, which I, which I met when, when I met in a different area. I had to move to this other place to meet that man who gave me this incredible child. And there are no mistakes. You have to see it. You have to spin it differently. There's so much hope. And Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. So it's really, if we don't use our imagination to create a better world, and we just kvetch over and over and complain about the news every day, Right. We're going to stay exactly. in our viewfinder. That's all we're going to see. That's exactly correct. And, and I agree with that. And I think that we are, we are part of that coming forward that can offer a solution 
to all of the, the things that you see on the news at night that are just so scary. Like I just got something that texted through to me that said there was um, somebody at, at, a, at a ticket counter that pulled out a gun. And I thought oh. it was in Dallas. I don't Dallas. know that Dallas field. Yeah. And it's like, so what are we walking around with now? We're walking around with a lot of fear every time we go to the airport because we never know who's going to pull a gun or do. And you know what? We can't do that. We just have to walk in the light and know that we're safe and we're good and protected. And we you have know to change some of the laws that are, that are stupid and we have to have, you know, better gun laws, but we can do only so much in our own little universe of helping others. And then we have to let it go because if we worry, worry and fear actually create the emotions that destroy the body. That's All right. of it's mental. Everything's a mental state in the beginning. It is. And what, mean, what's, the, what's the big book that, um, wait a minute, what is, oh, the mind goes where the man follows. Oh, and that's, oh, what's the, the, mind the name? Goes, the, type, the mind the goes book. where the mind. The man, no. The, it's a brand new bestseller. No. How, how did I say it backwards? Oh. It's, a, it's a new, it's a pretty recent bestseller. Yeah. Um, the mind, what is it? The man goes, I don't know. The mind Listen, goes. You guys, everybody, let me just take a little pause. I can't see you guys speaking to us because it's on a delay. So next time we'll figure out that glitch and we'll be able to look at your comments or have a moderator help us. So I can talk to you all. I'm so sorry. And we'll have the name of this book. <laughs> what? We'll start next time with the name of this book because now that's going to drive me crazy. But anyway, thank you, Lydia, for reminding me that I had to jump on because I had completely thought it was tomorrow. So that's my mistake. And I appreciate thank all our, our people coming into Facebook to watch this live. And awesome. I look forward to comments and emails and whatever you want to do. And so we're going to be on, this will be up on YouTube also. And we're, we have a, a email address, godshots.org at Gmail. Send us your stories. I'll put the email address up and the website for our anchor podcast as well on Spotify and iTunes and Breaker and Google. But you guys, listen, I, I didn't tell this one last little bit about Carolyn Mace. I keep interrupting myself. Um, talk about a voice. She was driving in traffic one day with her daughter. And she was coming to an intersection and she heard a voice say to her, slow down, go really slowly through this intersection. And sure enough, if she, she, heard, she heeded the voice. The problem is often we hear something or we get an intuition and we don't follow it. But she listened. She went, where did that voice come from? Slow down at this intersection. And so she slowed down completely and a red truck barreled through and crashed into a car that was actually going too fast at that point and everyone was okay nobody was hurt but thank god she heard that voice and so she kept going what is that it's got to be our higher self which you can call god or but it's inside of us we just aren't listening we aren't still enough to hear it right that's exactly right and we can get into that in our next show okay. and talk about be still be or let go. <laughs> Be still or let go. We can talk about those two things. So I love it's, you, a joy, it's a joy to be with you. I appreciate everything. I appreciate everybody that's watching and everybody that will, will watch and always open to suggestions and ideas, you guys. So feel free to reach out. Thank you. Thanks for coming in today. I'm so happy to see you. You too. Thanks you for too. making me do the show today. You're the one that said, jump on. <laughs> you know, I forgot I said, let's do it today. That's <laughs> what you get when you age too. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, it was nice seeing you.
Good seeing you, honey. Bye. Next Bye. time. Ciao, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Have a blessed week. Now I got to figure out. <laughs>